0: Welcome to the Storyteller Series Author Interviews, a Nightshift Radio original. I'm your host, Megs, and today I'll be speaking to Devin Marcus, the author of March's episode Captain Mouse and the Big Jungle Rumble. Learn more about Devin's love for mice, caves, and horror in today's episode. For more information on the Storyteller Series, please visit nightshiftradio.com.
1: about to enter a world unlike any other, a world where terror and imagination collide, where nearly anything is possible. This is Night Shift Radio Presents... Suspense! I'm your host, Caleb. Allow me to welcome you back to the theater of the mind, as we bring you this classic series from the golden age of radio. We've resurrected all of the available original episodes, unaltered, for the sole purpose of introducing a new generation of listeners to this magical world dubbed Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills. Suspense originally ran from 1940 through 1962, culminating in 946 episodes and featuring renowned voice talent from the worlds of cinema and radio. The many tales of Suspense span across mystery, sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, all sharing the common goal of hooking the listener until the very end. It is my sincere hope that this show can inspire and entertain you as it did my younger self and so many others. So be sure to subscribe for new episodes daily, wherever you get podcasts. And now, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and set your imagination free in a world of mystery, intrigue, and yes, suspense.
0: Hey Devin, thank you so much for talking to me today. How you doing?
2: I'm doing great, Megs. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for chatting, by the way. I was really excited about this interview. First off, you guys did an amazing job on the story. Like, oh my gosh, I <laughs> loved it. Uh, me and my boyfriend were talking like, oh my god, the voice for Freddy the Fish and the mm-hmm. little Danny the dog. I just oh
0: getting it was out of the so way,
2: so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so, so good. good. A
0: lot of a lot of the um a lot of the the characters in the actual Captain Mouse story were actually people that work at Night Shift Radio as well. Yeah. So it was, it was so exciting. It was so good. Um, kind of everybody, absolutely loved it. Yeah. yeah. But I'm glad that you loved it as well. That makes me, that makes us, that's very good to hear. That makes me very yeah. happy to hear. It's,
2: it, it's, it's my first story that I've had like read out loud professionally. Mm-hmm. And it really spurred me on to write more for radio, I think, because, oh my Amazing. God, it's so much fun. Like, we were listening to it uh, in a car ride, and then we pulled over, like, five minutes from our destination so we could finish the story before we got there. <gasps> I was like, wow. you guys did so good. Like, oh, my God. Just thanks, I guess, really, first Oh, off. no, 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 <laughs> no.
0: Thank you. Like, thank you so much for submitting. Um, It was definitely one of the stories that the reading committee, we all read and went, well, we need to do this. We can hear how this is going to sound. We need this to happen. Um, mm. So it's been an absolute pleasure. So we'll start off. Why don't you tell um, tell us a little bit about yourself as a person and about your journey as an author? You know, just give us the lowdown, give us the rundown.
2: All right, yeah, sure. So, uh about myself, I'm currently living in Olympia, Washington, working for state government uh, as my main job. Of course, writing on the side, as always. Um, just uh, I'm trying to think of like, hmm. What else to talk about? I live with my boyfriend. He's lovely. I'm very happy with him. We're having a great time. Uh, Amazing. Um, oh my gosh.
0: It's hard, right? I've just put you on it's the spot. It's hard to like... talk
2: about yourself. I, yep. I, I don't know. What, what I can say about, well, enough about me. I'm Devin. I'm, <laughs> I'm here. And my writing journey, though, is a bit more mm-hmm. I can talk about because I've been writing for as long as I can remember. Like literally back in like first kindergarten, second grade. Mm-hmm. I was like writing stories every week and then I would like show them to my teacher. Hey, look, i wrote read a spooky story about, I don't know, leaves and like my mom died and then she's <laughs> in the closet and she's made of leaves. Oh and then am just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, yep. I read, I read scary stories to tell in the dark as a kid. I don't know if you know that book, the one with the crazy illustrations by Stephen Gamble.
3: I think They, so. they made the yeah. movie
2: about it recently. Yep. Mm-hmm. It recently. Yeah. And that really just set me off. I was like, I really want to do this stuff. I want to write. So I've been writing since then on and off but mostly on I've gotten a couple stories out this is my first one in audio format and I just it's so much fun to hear the story read so I think I'll be writing more for that in the future there's some podcasts Mm -hmm. I want to send some stuff out to and just uh kind of suss that out
0: yeah yeah no it's it's great I love that you're like I was writing stories about leaf people, you know? Like, like, I was like, I was expecting you to be like, yeah, I was writing all these stories about, I don't know, playing in the park. And you're like, leaf people, I'm going to write a story about leaf people. (laughs) I Um, wrote
2: about playing in the park too, I'm sure. But leaf people, yeah,
0: leaf people, leaf people kind of sticks in your mind, doesn't it? So we will move on to uh, your story, Captain Mouse and the Big Jungle Rumble. I'll tell you what. I was recording the intro for that, and I kept saying "Captain Mouse and the Big Rumble Jumble Jungle Mumble." And, oh my god! I kept start to say, so so to yeah. say that. Then I was like the big jungle,
2: jungle. Rumble. rumble. You got yeah yeah, yeah. no it.
0: exactly. So mm-hmm. tell us more about it. Tell us about the inspiration behind it because if people haven't listened to it already, it's our um, it's March's um, audio audio storyteller's version podcast episode. Wow, that was a strange. <laughs> string of words then um but yeah so tell us a little bit about it so what was the inspiration behind it you know how did you come about it
2: yeah yeah the main inspiration is that when i was little my dad used to tell me stories before i went to bed about mm-hmm. a family of mice that lived in the lamp and when i would flick the light switch they would run to the end and then turn on the light and then when they heard oh me gosh. flick it they would run off and turn it off again and it was just you know it's not electricity it's little mice living in there mm-hmm. so just I don't know. The idea of like little friendly mice running around helping people out. I always love that. And it's something that like, I don't know, I have coded into my mind as something a dad tells his son and Mm -hmm. the son grows up to be telling stories himself because he loved it so much. And also I read Redwall as a kid by Brian Jocks, Jakes. I think it's Jakes. That one doesn't ring a bell
0: to me personally, but I'm sure it will with listeners, you know, they'll go like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. one.
2: Yeah. It's a short summary, a a fantasy series based on, and like, mice running an abbey and they go do fantasy adventures with stoats and minks and weasels and stuff and it's just mice-based fantasy. It's really fun. And I just really like that. I love mice. They're so cute. They're so fun heroes.
0: Everyone's like, oh mice, they're so scary. (laughs) And I'm like, they're just little they're just little 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 guys.
2: guys. Exactly. No beef with mice. No beef with mice. And then um as for the story surrounding it, like it's kind of funny. I wrote that story kind of before I realized I was queer. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was probably me kind of coming to terms with the whole thing. I don't know. It was a whole, it was a whole thing. And I kind of initially started out writing about the the whole, uh, I don't know if we want to spoil this story in this. If people,
0: right, the spoilers alert. We'll do a spoiler alert. If people haven't listened to it, now is your chance to pause this author interview. Mm-hmm. Go and listen to my dog barking apparently but go and listen to the episode um and then come back because we're going to chat a lot about it and we'll get into the negri mm-hmm.
2: so yeah spoilers starting now-ish like i initially wrote the story based around the whole vietnam thing and mm-hmm. like the the ghost catfish thing i always envisioned it as like a ghost catfish and the whiskers from the catfish coming down and plugging into the guy's arms and stuff mm-hmm. i had that really strong image And I really wanted to write a story around that. And I was like, how do I format this? Oh, it'd be cool if it's like a dad telling his son the story experiences and then like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of learning about Vietnam experience and then tying that into like growing up yourself as a person, figuring yourself out as well. Vis-a-vis being queer. And Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of realized partway through that, that like, that's the story, but there's also the story of the Captain Mouse and the storytelling aspect of Mm -hmm. it that I really wanted to like, kind of show this lineage to it of like the dad's telling the stories and then he's living a story but then the son ends up living and telling his own story informed by that story and i don't know just like that whole cascading effect of like from from down the line of lineage and like stories and how people live through them differently and that ended up being really kind of what I was going for with the story. Story. I'm saying story a lot. Story?
0: Story. story. I think we're talking about a story. Tale. Um the, the, the tale, the the I don't know, I can't I can't think of it yeah, any other way. <laughs> <laughs> putting myself
2: um, on the spot. I'm like, can't yeah, do that. So, um
0: yeah, so that was so the the format of it, I'll tell you what, because so I'm part of the uh the the reading committee, the choosing I can't remember what our official title is, but I'm part of that. And that's what drew me to it is I loved the format of like the flipping almost backwards and forwards between real life and then Captain Mouse and real life and Captain Mouse. Mm. And that's what really drew me in. And then,
3: thank you.
0: Again, spoiler alert towards the end when you, you know, when you find out about everything that happened with his dad and the way that his dad is then telling the story, like, you know, telling the story, be like, Oh, do you remember this one? And it's like, Oh, you know, and it's exploring, um, being, you know, exploring homosexuality and being queer in the nineties as well, because, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I think back to the '90s, and I was like, "That was like yesterday." It's not. The world has come on in so <laughs> oh much, God. like in so like so far since then. And even back in the '90s, you know, being being anything but straight and you know heteronormative is was was whoa. People were like, "Whoa, this is this is not it." Yeah. Um, whereas now we live in you know we live in a world where there's so much more education about it. Progress but yeah, it's definitely
2: it, been made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um.
0: So. Yeah, I yeah, uh, that's that's what drew me to it, and I think I just love that you just you know you've, you've just got this fascination with mice and Captain Mouse <laughs> so is just cute. you know they are so cute. Uh. And like, for me personally, when I envisioned envisioned Captain Mouse, I almost like you know the rescuers, the Disney mm-hmm. film. That's yeah. what in my brain it was like, you know, and uh, I loved and I yeah. loved that. Um, but it was yeah, it was just so
2: great, and I I I. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just obsessed with it. And I'm absolutely obsessed with how this came out. So
2: yeah, it's it tur- brilliant. if anybody here hasn't listened to the story, just on the merit of the storytelling, like they did it alone. Wa- Listen to it. It's so good. Oh, it is brilliant. It is brilliant. Yeah, they did um,
0: so fun. going back you to the writing fun. progress, mm-hmm. progress process. Oh my yeah. gosh, I can't speak today. Um, <laughs> was there a moment that you were writing and you were like, this is amazing. I am having <laughs> so much fun. I am enjoying this. <laughs> Or like, even if you look back at it now and you're like, you know, maybe you didn't feel it in the moment, but you felt it at the Mm -hmm. time.
2: Um, I would say, like, I think there are probably two instances of that. One of them is the Captain Mm -hmm. Mouse story, just writing that it was so much fun to write a Mm -hmm. little like kid story, like a father telling his kids a story. I used to like with my own little brothers, we used to like, do you remember the show Blue's Clues?
0: Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, I don't
2: know why I'm asking everybody does, I hope. (laughs) Uh we would I would like hide little clues. I would like put a draw pop on a post-it note and hide it around the house and then play a little game with them and storytell through that and like, Oh, that's so cute. It's 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 a really fun memory. I really enjoyed doing that. And just that aspect of like storytelling cute anthropomorphic animals as well. Just mm-hmm. really kind of I love that part of it, and writing that down was really fun. And then I think for the for the the dad's part, the the Vietnam letter part where he's talking about his experiences mm-hmm. as well. I remember like writing that in like a really concentrated like three, four hours of just like, I, I have to get this out or it's not coming out.
3: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: I think I was up until like three in the morning probably just like researching like intensively like, I don't know, like geography in Vietnam, this specific geographic location. I did like Google Maps and zoomed around and looked at the topography and kind of like figured out where and what and how, and like just making sure that it's as real to me and as real Mm -hmm. to the father telling the story as it could be. And then finally getting to the part with the, the ghost catfish. (laughs) (laughs) I rewrote that so many times. I was like trying to figure out what to do with it. And I just, I think I had nailed it, but it was it was hard to put that in where it was I'm not saying just it's a ghost catfish, but like it, it's got this weird <laughs> yeah. thing to it that I really like how it turned out. So yeah, I think those are my two favorite things to write about this story.
0: Yeah, I War. think that it's definitely um it's it's something that I imagine is very difficult is you're like writing about real things that happened mm-hmm. and that, you know, people are still alive and remember really clearly. And I imagine that, you know, throwing yourself into that and and writing about that must have been really difficult. But also, mm. you know, I guess you must have researched and learned a lot about it yourself.
2: I really I really did try to. Yeah. My 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 grandfather on my on my dad's side um, fought in World War One, World War Two. So he talked about mm-hmm. it a lot. And I got some of my experiences from him. He was a cook on a on a warship. He had some really fascinating stories. Oh, I and can just, imagine, <laughs> And I kind of tried to replicate how he talked about his experience in my writing of it as well. And also just, yeah, just like I, when I'm, when I'm writing something like this, I usually have like 20 million tabs open on a different browser <laughs> of like the Vietnam war timeline, how people at home were receiving it, like what soldiers came back and what they said about the experience, different kinds of traps, a honeypot. I had to look up what a honeypot was. Cause I think I used it in the story and I had to like, really make sure I knew what it was and figure it out and like understand it. So yeah, th- there was a lot of research going into that. And I, I really enjoy the research part of it. Cause it makes me feel like I'm actually like, not just like drawing something out of my mind, but like working on something, putting something mm-hmm. together, like some tangible effects to it that I really enjoy the feel of.
0: Yeah. I think that the, yeah, the research side of it with anything, even, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're writing like really intense fantasy or something like that, you still you're still kind of pulling from um sort of real life experiences and real life things. And you know, so I can completely imagine that mm-hmm. that's quite fascinating.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I'm I'm like a researcher at heart, so I love studying up on stuff. That was my my favorite thing in school. So like I always try to like write about story topics where I can do a lot of research because it makes it more interesting to me. And mm-hmm. it really feels like I'm putting something together. So yeah, that part was really one of my favorite parts about writing this. This tale. Yeah.
0: The tale. <laughs> <It's>
2: like,
0: <laughs> I'm never going to refer to anything as a story ever again. Yeah, I really oversaturated tale.
2: the market with that. <laughs>
0: it's on me. Um, yeah. So, because that's, that's what, you know, that's what I also loved about it is there were so many almost layers to mm-hmm. the, the story. There was, you know, there was, you know, there was exploring um homophobia in the 90s and mm-hmm. a child growing up and coming to terms with their own sexuality. And, you know, and then obviously. Spoilers, losing a parent and things like that. You know, there's there's so many themes running through it that but they all flow and work so well together, if that makes sense. Like Thank they you. all they all you know, they all work so well. And it was it was like when I so when I was reading it, you know, I said about how I liked the the actual like format. I think that it worked really well because it made the shocking moments even more shocking. Because mm-hmm. you'll be in this fantasy world and be like, yeah, Captain Mouse, Freddy the Fish, you know, like all these different. And then you're like, oh, he's just been hate crimed. Like, oh, my yeah. God. Like, oh, whoa. <laughs> so, you know, just throws it out there. And it's. Um... Yeah,
2: it really makes those moments hit a lot harder. I feel like if you're taking a little break into like fun, high child fantasy mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. we we're back to it and the dad passed away in a car accident or something. Yeah, exactly. Just... That transition, I think you guys did really well. Like when my boyfriend and I were listening to it in the car, like from the Captain Mouse story to like when the dad died in the car accident, we were like, Whoa, they nailed that. So mm-hmm. good. Oh my God. That somber transition from the bubbly Captain Mouse. I'm like, yeah, he's going into the forest to save his friend. And it's like, Oh wow. Yeah. That that juxtaposition was really played super well in the audio recording that y'all put together. I just want to say that was amazing.
0: I love it. I like So this was one that um, I wasn't that involved with actually creating because I've Mm -hmm. I've not been very well. But, you know, it happens. Um, But so so I got to listen to it for the first time when it was all done and put together (laughs) completely. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And obviously, I'd read the story before, but then Mm -hmm. being able to hear it and it just worked out amazing. So what is your usual? Do you have like a usual style of writing or a topic that you kind Mm of tend to lean towards to write or you feel happy writing?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really tend to want to write horror because that's what I love. Like, Mm -hmm. I basically only watch horror movies. (laughs) I only read horror books functionally. I only listen to horror podcasts. I'm just I'm just a sucker for all that. So I try to write that. And if it's not fully focused on that, I try to add a little aspect of it into whatever story I write. This was the story that I played with the formatting a lot in Mm -hmm. with the Captain Mouse and the narration kind of intercutting like that. And I wanna I, I I've done a couple more stories like that, but this one I think is the most ambitious and probably the most successful, honestly. I also tend to write a lot more um about queer topics, like there's mm-hmm. a story that I got in my head about like uh the AIDS crisis in San Francisco intercut with like a road trip towards a cursed like forest north of San Francisco wow. yeah like just this whole. I'm really trying to put that one together. I'm having my boyfriend kind of read what I have Mm -hmm. so far and kind of nail it in there. But um, yeah, just like kind of adding in queer issues as well and just like historically at least as well. I like looking back at the past and seeing how things were back then, 70s San Francisco, 90s Los Angeles, and then just trying to like really write it in a way that feels timely but also like relevant to today that like you know oh that was happening then but also like there are parallels of course there are parallels what am I saying you know time is a wheel and all that but um really just making that extra apparent in my writing is what I try to focus on
0: I think and I think that's great because there are so many people growing up today and you know that maybe don't know about queer history and mm-hmm. you know what people have you know, had to- Go through to be able to be in a place where we are now um and even then you know things that things are only well things have to keep moving forward but um mm-hmm. you know so I, and i think i think that's great because even in you know when when captain mouse is still it can feel quite light-hearted it's still got that you know important like history with vietnam and with you know queer history and i think mm-hmm. i think that's that's great and it you know it's it's brilliant that that's what you kind of like to focus on mm-hmm. whether it's intentionally or not, you know. Yeah. But as for horror, I am a wimp, so oh. I like. Well, I say I'm a wimp. My favorite mm-hmm. um video game to play at the minute is a game called Dead by Daylight, and I like scream at that all the time. Mm-hmm. um so I played. I played a game yesterday where there was a Michael Myers, and I literally I was playing with a group of friends, and I screamed <laughs> so loud I made myself dizzy. <laughs> um oh my,
2: like like, lightheaded oh no yeah right
0: <laughs> and i was so i'm a wimp so i think that i think it's really interesting when people are like i love horror and i love writing horror and i'm just like i wish i could well, appreciate no, it but i'm just so scared that's
2: that's that's the thing i like i'm i'm a bit of a wimp too i like being a wimp cuz that means i mm-hmm. it, it's more scary it's more effective mm-hmm. i don't like develop a resistance to it you know what i mean every new film with a new idea of how to scare me usually gets gets it done yeah and that's what I like about horror and that's kind of I you know I like being a wimp in terms of scares so I think you've got a good mindset going into yeah. it you know and yeah. and yeah Dead by Daylight's great Phasmophobia is also a fantastic oh my game. gosh Scariest Phasmophobia
0: yeah,
2: honestly know.
0: like I played it when it first came out and I another <laughs> it was just again it was just a case of me just screaming at the yeah. time I lived in in a flat and like an apartment And I had someone above me and some below me. And I was really good friends with the people below me. And Mm -hmm. every time I'd play it, I'd have to text them and be like, it's okay. I I am am alive.
2: I am not (laughs) in pain. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: yeah, Yeah. And that's even scarier. I don't know if you've played it recently with all the Mm -hmm. cursed items.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And new ghost types. It's so much more confusing. There's the like Ferris Mm -hmm. wheel carnival grounds. Sorry. I guess we're doing a quick plug for phasmophobia now. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that's really what we're doing
0: good. now. No, but but yeah. Yeah, it's, anything it, it, horror. Anything horror. Amazing. I mean, I guess that leads on to the question of what are your hobbies outside of mm-hmm. um, writing? And I, I imagine, you know, when when you are an author, it can be quite consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have any other hobbies outside of it, <laughs> you never know.
2: Uh, it, oh, it's It's really fair to couch it like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard. Um, well, video games. I do play a lot of video mm-hmm. games. I play Phasmophobia. I've been playing Elden Ring now. It's really good. There's some fun horror aspects to that game. It's been taking the world by storm. It's really good. You mean
0: fun horror is in like, you? it's a horror because you want to smack your head against your keyboard because it's so insane <laughs> and that, difficult.
2: <laughs> that, yes. But also there's like fun little bits of lore in there that kind of feel like, mm-hmm. like there's a giant monster guy with a face that's just worms. He's got worms for a face.
0: Actually, I was watching um, one of my friends play it and there was like a spider that was a hand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The little that was... spider guys. I yeah.
0: was like, w- what is going on? I was like in my own little world and I was just watching them play it on Discord and I looked over and I was like, so yeah, <laughs> no, you know what? It is pretty, there is a lot of horror, even if it's just the hand spiders.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's just some mm-hmm. really cool imagery in that game. So yeah, I'm a gamer. Mm -hmm. but I also I also do enjoy uh going out and playing tennis I played tennis in high school and a lot through college and I'm picking it back up again now that I have some more free time and that's always fun I love playing tennis are you do you do any sports at all or anything like that
0: I do not I Mm -hmm. um play also just play a lot of video games that's that's me yeah i do i am not the only sport i do is walking my dog and i guess that's pretty sporty because he needs goes. a lot of walk-in. <laughs> yeah
2: he, he's running all over the place you got to reel him back in it's like a core workout exactly through, you know? it's the whole thing yep and i've been like also wanting to i've been talking about this ever since covid started honestly yep. but i really want to put moves on i want to get into like um caving a little bit going into caves and all right around crawling around yep. shimming in I, I loved I loved the descent, that horror movie, and like I was, mm-hmm. it made me want to get into caving, which is probably the opposite effect on most people. <laughs> right. You go into a cave, you die, there are yep. monsters. But I was like, oh my god, that's so cool that there's so many undiscovered places around that you just be like one of only, I don't know, a thousand people in the history of humankind that's ever set foot in this chamber. Mm-hmm. And I love that aspect. It's one of the, like only unexplored places that you can actually get to as just an average guy without tons of scuba gear and a million dollars to go into space or whatever you know Mm -hmm. you can just worm your way into a cave and then you're somewhere there and no one else has ever been so like that aspect of caving really appeals to me and i'm i'm gonna be getting into that soon (laughs) and uh and uh anything else uh kayaking my boyfriend and i are getting Mm -hmm. into kayaking i got him a kayak for kayak for christmas (laughs) we're out on the puget sound uh, pretty much every weekend we're loving it Oh, amazing yeah so we're having a we're having a good time, and I'm having a good time, and some of the hobbies.
0: Oh, I love that. So there's a lot of a lot of sports, and the caving thing is really interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. something that, like, I obviously it's things that I like. I knew existed, but I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like, wow, no, that yeah. like it is it is really interesting. Like, there are mm-hmm. so many places out there that you're right. Only a couple of people have, or a few thousand people have seen, and maybe they've not like, even taken pictures or anything. And you can go in and. It's different experience something, experiencing something yourself anyway, mm-hmm. you know, than, than just looking at a own picture.
2: Oh, yeah. That's I mean, that's kind of what speaks to me about horror is that mm-hmm. sense of looking at something that literally no one else has ever seen before because it's so terrifying. No one sees it and survives to talk about it. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what fascinates me about caves is that it's just this unique experience that you just only you can live. And it's exactly this way because you came into it like this and it's unique and it won't be replicated by anybody else. And just that that part of it is really cool, and that's what kind of links it to horror for me, and what I like about both things. Yeah, is just that so, sense of newness.
0: Do you have a favorite horror film? We'll start with film.
2: Mm, that's a good. Uh... Or like
0: sometimes narrowing things down as a favorite when you enjoy the genre is really difficult. So like mm-hmm. some of your favorites maybe might be better and a bit easier.
2: I appreciate the revision because yeah it's like choosing your favorite <laughs> kid like yep. obviously there's one that he's he's doing well in school the other one sucks. Yep. but like we love them all equally. Mm-hmm. Um no I'm um Susperia is amazing both the remake and the old one classics. Um Lake Mungo is a really really good um Australian horror film that's mm-hmm. like so interesting it's so sad and there's like one really really scary moment in it that like really hits you. Mm-hmm. Um The Descent like I mentioned really just caves are cool yeah well
0: you'll everyone everyone will walk away being really into caves and wanting to get in and you know
2: yeah just go on like a guided (laughs) cave tour around you there's probably one it's yep even if it's only for like 30 minutes it's it's so cool you won't forget it Mm um oh there's another movie that i like i mean mean, there's plenty of other movies that i like but like you know Oh, well, in terms of recent ones, Hereditary mm-hmm. is the best horror movie in recent memory, I think. It's, mm-hmm. it's, bar none. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Those are some of my top favorites. And amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for video games, Amnesia, The Dark Descent is really good. Oh, that's um, terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's like the mm-hmm. first horror game. I grew up in the era where it just came out and people were all recording their reactions to it because it was so new and so scary. It's like, the, no one's ever played anything like this before. Yeah. So like, that really entrenched itself in me as, like, the pinnacle of horror games. I love mm-hmm. that game so much. Phasmophobia is great. Uh, uh, Resident Evil 7 is great. Yomawari is really good. This really cool, like, overhead isometric view of um Japanese folklore horror, where you play as a little oh, girl right. who's lost her dog, and it's, like, mm-hmm. done in this watercolor style. It's so oh, crazy. Wow. Yomawari, yeah. if I can get some traffic towards that game, check it out. It's stellar. So yeah, that's some of the that's some of the horror media I enjoy consuming mm-hmm. and just engaging with. And uh, yeah, I
0: like as as you were like sat talking about video games because a lot of the media somehow I always end up. A lot of writers and authors are gamers as well, so oh, somehow yeah. every single time we always just descend <laughs> into talking about video games. It happens. I hope um, your listeners
2: are cool with that because it's well, they have a choice. <laughs> it's yeah, happening. you know what? <laughs> I hope you enjoy it out there.
0: <laughs> you know, <it's> <laughs> yeah i uh i was like i was thinking, oh, I don't really play that many horror games, and I'm like, well, I have though like I played Dead by daylight all the time um phasmophobia I played oh, it wasn't like it wasn't like your typical horror, but it was a game called little misfortune, and Whoa. it was um i think it's like a two d i think it was two d it was it was just really interesting it was just this really interesting little game about a girl who's trying to chase after a fox and she Like it was, it was just really, you know, it's just like a weird game. And it was like, Mm -hmm. you kind of realize at the end, you're like, oh, this is quite twisted and a little bit, a little bit spooky. Um, I really enjoyed that. And I played that recently.
2: Little Um, Misfortune.
0: Little Misfortune. Yeah. It was so funny. She's, she's this, um, she's just this little girl and she's, she's got this funny little voice. And she's like, I'm just a little lady, don't you know? And she speaks (laughs) like that. And she's, you know, like, Like there's this whole bit where a dog dies and it's really dramatic and I know, I know, it's always the dog.
2: Oh my god! Um, In Yoma Warrior, a dog dies too. I know. What is it with? Oh, I don't I, know. I can watch people I, die all day, but when a dog dies in a horror movie, I'm like, no, don't do it to him. When a
0: dog, when a dog dies in any movie, I don't can't deal. I know, oh. leave the dog alone. What does the dog do?
2: Yeah, he's like, just helping out. Exactly.
0: <laughs> the one, the one that I remember that hit me really hard was when I was watching I Am Legend for the first time, and that, oh, that broke me. Obviously, there's the 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 pinnacle of sad dog movies, Marley and Me, mm-hmm. but. Again, you know, it was just Iron Legend. I was like, can't do it.
2: You've spent the whole movie getting to know this dog and going on. I these know, adventures. and then they're gone.
0: Exactly. And it's
2: like, well, now what?
0: Now what do we do? <laughs> now what do we do? How do I'm I? Lost. How do I move? Exactly. Uh... Oh, I know. But <laughs> yeah, that's I've that's also, I've um, awesome. also recently been playing through my first Resident Evil game, which is Resident Evil Village. And I know it's not the mm-hmm. scariest of all the Resident Evils, it's but really good, yeah. it's really. It was. I'm really enjoying it a lot.
2: To derail the conversation just a little bit towards that topic. derail away. Where 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 in the game are you?
0: um I'm still quite early on. I've just mm-hmm. um I think I've killed one of the, the first sister. Where you've got to break the windows. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you so I'm job. still really uh, yeah, killed. Yeah, her. you did it. Yeah, I'm still I'm still her. I'm still really early on. I actually had to stop because I am. Mm-hmm. I literally I was like walking around like. I'm too scared, and you know, like you know, when you're doing something, and you're like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And you're like yeah. hunched over, and I had to stop because I was like, no, I'm like psyching myself up far too much.
2: Yeah, far I'll come back much. to this later. It'll yeah, I'll, be I'll do, do this then.
0: another day. Um, <laughs> I also um, a horror game I really enjoyed was Until Dawn. Um yes. that was a really good game. Mm. That I'm not like a ju- I, I think that was like the moment where I realized jump scares is what gets me the most. Mm-hmm. I can deal with creepy, I can deal with someone watching a window, whatever, but jump scares. It, and that game is just full of jump scares to the point of I've played other games and I'm still just afraid of a jump scare that's going to happen. Like but it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was a really great game. And I really want to play um, some more of the Dark Pictures anthology games. Yeah, because... Man of
2: Medan is really good. Mm-hmm. That one's very good. Yeah.
0: And I think that that's the thing that makes that interesting is obviously the whole the choice aspect of it, which I guess mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, would kind of lead you back, lead us kind of back to writing, hey, is that you've got go. the choice, you've got the choice aspect of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of create your own story, but it's still within, you know, you're still kind oh, yeah, of yeah. set with how things are going to go.
2: But um, it's, yeah, yeah. Your experience will be different than my experience playing Until Dawn, like in its entirety, okay. because I I saved the girl and you didn't, or you saved the guy and I didn't. And
0: yeah, everything yeah.
2: changes from that. Yeah, I love yeah. that part of that game. It's so- it was,
0: but it was, it was so good. And see, I'm
2: like, I'm a wimp.
0: I don't deal with horror that much. And I'm like, ah, yes. But I listen to ghost oh, stories, and I short. do this. I, I'll
2: tell you. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Honestly, it's mm-hmm. you just like I think a lot of the things with horror. and I've had this discussion before, actually. Mm-hmm. Is that a lot of people think horror is like slasher, like not not necessarily just gore, but like jump scares and things like that. When horror is such like a a wide variety, and I'm sure. You see a lot more of that variety in reading horror than mm-hmm. watching or playing a video game.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, oh, back to the reading, the the journey, yeah. the author journey thing I forgot to mention. I don't know how, but when I was like eight, my aunt gave me my first Stephen King book and then I <laughs> oh, just well. his entire... I know, right? I was, mm-hmm. I was messed up early as a kid. The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. It's his only like even remotely kid-friendly one. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Girl Lost in the Woods bears hunting her is the bear a monster is it supernatural i don't know but Mm -hmm. crazy uh great story and then i've basically read all of his stories since then i was cursed to love stephen king from a young young age it's so good stephen king is
0: like the staple you know like the foundation of horror horror writing and i guess a lot of people known
2: a lot of people's first foray into like literary horror that's like not just like shock value horror like pulp slashes mm-hmm. and stuff like novels that like you know have really good characters and stuff yeah and all that I mm-hmm. think it's a really good gateway to all that stuff yeah I also really love oh oh I forgot um Nathan Nathan Ballingrid is an amazing author I think I'm saying his name wrong but um he came up with a movie recently called Wounds that is based on one of his short stories really good high recommend and all of his stories too are what kind of influenced me because they're all horror but they're all the horror is secondary to the character drama that's happening. And that's the part I really enjoy. There's this one story, if I may digress for a moment. Sorry. It's fine.
0: Don't I... apologize. You know? <laughs> Let's keep chatting.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Nathan Ballinger, North American Lake Monsters. This is his anthology. You guys should all read it if you like this story in any way. He does all that so well. And the first story is about this woman and her kid who are on a road trip and the mom is resentful because the dad left them left them and she doesn't want to raise this kid anymore and she meets this guy with a suitcase full of just severed skins like disembodied skin that he can uh-huh. put on and then now he's somebody else and he doesn't really explain why he has it other than that he's now on the run from somebody who wants it back and there's that really <laughs> I, cool uh, yeah. Yeah. vague horror to it that's so mm-hmm. intriguing and we don't really find out more but the story ends with the mom running off with him and abandoning her kid at a gas station. I know, right? Oh my
0: gosh. And Ran that's the, the real skin, horror of the story. Skin suitcase, man, leaving yeah. her child.
2: Because she wants to be somebody else. You know, she wants that sense of mystery and adventure, but also like to put on a new skin and try a new <laughs> life. And she's shedding well, the old skin in her kid. And it's just all this really interesting interplay of personal drama yeah. with like, the supernatural and like unexplainable stuff. Yeah. He's, oh my God, he's so good.
0: I think sometimes the unexplainable... And the unknown is what is more terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Out, like, or is the most terrifying thing, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, oh my God, that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And then you're like, you get in your head and you're like, why doesn't it make sense? Make it make sense. <laughs> oh my goodness. That doesn't, what? You like know, a, and you end up,
2: yeah. Like it's Rubik's just, cube in your head. You, keep, yeah, like, you yeah, can't I solve know, it. Right? You know, you keep on puzzling yeah. over it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what's back to just caves. They're like this space that. Is not made for humans to exist in. It's actively hostile to human beings. But yet there is this little path that you can real go through, just perfectly human sized. Mm-hmm. And it's that whole dichotomy of like, obviously I'm not supposed to be here, but like, there's no way that this path exists and I'm not supposed to go on it because yeah. I can. Mm-hmm. And there's just that cool that that's that essence is what I really like about horror is that this exists. It can't in the way that I'm picturing it, you know, but I have to go forward on it because I'm compelled because it exists. Yeah. It's just- No, it makes sense. Yeah. No, that
0: makes well, so much sense. It really does. Now I'm going to go away and I'm going to be like researching like caves in Scotland that I can go to. Like, you know, I, this, is, this is it now. You've set me on this, like, I need to know about a cave and what's inside that cave and why. Yeah.
2: Just learning about it is enough podcasts and stuff, but yeah, if you go out and see a cave, I really hope you have fun. I know you will. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful experience amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: So we will uh wrap it up here with mm-hmm. where can listeners read more from you Tell us about you know your work, what you've you know where people can read it, plug your socials, you know mm. throw us throw us all this information so where people can find out more
2: all right, yeah. Um, the main social that I use on and off is, is Twitter. If you want to follow me at Double Odevin D-U-B-B-L-E because double was taken. O Devin. Yeah. O-H spelled out and then Devin. And you'll find me. I have a couple posts on there. I mostly just use it to follow other authors and get, you know, uh-huh. ideas and uh, yeah. inspiration and stuff, but I occasionally post on there if you want to follow me there. I'll probably send some little tidbits of my story there every once in a while. little breadcrumbs. Um, I am published currently in a couple magazines. Imposter magazine has a story of mine that I really like. It's, uh, middle school girl's diary during the biblical seven plagues.
3: Oh my goodness. That sounds amazing. (laughs) I want to read that.
2: I love it. Ah, If you can find imposter magazine with an O at the end of it, imposter magazine, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a real fun story. And then black petals magazine is online and you can read my story there, which is about, um, a Lovecraftian monster from Beyond Space and Time performing on Britain's Got Talent, basically. Oh
0: my gosh, that's amazing.
2: <laughs> I, I
0: want to I wanna live inside your brain because <laughs> these ideas are amazing. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, I, I hope they turned out as cool as I'm describing them. But um, if you want to find out, you can look there and read them for mm-hmm. yourself, I suppose. And uh, I, I guess on Instagram, sure. Double <laughs> O devin spelled properly this time the d-o-u-b-l-e but um mostly it's just pictures of me and my boyfriend out on on the beaches going to wherever we go so if you want to see my handsome boyfriend (laughs) caves you know if you want to (laughs) see us standing in front of a cave and thumbs up that's very much where you can find that yeah but yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much my online presence. I was gonna say Amazing. Facebook, but that's such an old person. thing. Yeah, right.
0: Facebook. The yeah.
2: <laughs> Would you like to find How my, my MySpace? Oh my, <laughs> my gosh, MySpace. Like, yeah, oh whatever. wow. <laughs> my well, fax number.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to me today. its honestly, mm-hmm. it's been a pleasure. I have yes. thoroughly enjoyed it, and Thanks, Max. yeah, Thanks. I really appreciate it.
2: Yay! Thank you.